0: Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's call. Surprises you don't want to have during your ERP implementation. Sean Windle is our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group, headquartered in Denver, Colorado. ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid- to large-sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning, Customer relationship management, human capital management, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equate to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. On today's call, Sean will discuss some of the complexities and surprises that can crop up during ERP implementations, often surprises turn into roadblocks. Most ERP projects don't fail because of the software chosen, but because of the pitfalls that can threaten success. Um, Sean, if you're ready, I'll pass it over to you. Yep. Thanks, Julia. I appreciate it. And
1: if y'all have any questions, definitely just uh, send them to us here during the call, which is fantastic. Um, so so for this call, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I am going to touch on actual surprises that our clients or other folks have had around ERP. And um, um, I'll kind of break them out into the different phases of the ERP lifecycle from selection, implementation, and then just ongoing optimization and just running maintenance. But what I'll do is I'll give you the surprise and then um, kind of either how we handled the surprise or what we told the the individual, the CFO or the, the project sponsor or champion, on what to do, so I'm going to give you a surprise, and I'm going to tell you what to do about it and what they did. So it'll be pretty quick. So here we go. Um, so in the selection, surprise, you just got designated as the lead for selecting a new ERP package. Um, so that happened to um, actually a friend of mine recently, and um, and he called and said, I'm I'm scared to death. <laughs> and I said, you should be. Um, it is it is nerve wracking, but um, you know, there's there's a certain way to do it. Um, very methodically for sure. And, um, you know, his concern was around um, the failures that that he had heard about in the ERP market. And, um, you know, we basically kind of sent him a couple um, frameworks of things that we use, also advised him through the process, and it actually ended up being a pretty successful project. So that is definitely a surprise that can come. Here's the next surprise. So surprise, you got nine calls today. And for the last eight straight weeks, from 10 different ERP junior salespeople, um, we have uh, folks that we talk to who say, wow, I didn't realize that everybody and their grandmother and grandfather knew about our ERP project. How did they find out? Well. When you sign up for white papers and you, um, you know, do demonstrations, sometimes online, that your name gets and your contact information gets dispersed uh, really, really um, uh, wildly. Frankly, especially with sites like uh, Technology Evaluation or even um, there used to be one called Find Accounting Software. There's there's a couple sites out there where you can kind of register for free information, and they end up sharing your information with a lot of vendors. So beware of that. Surprise, the European salesperson just showed up at your office. Um, so, so this just happened to a client two weeks ago uh, where they had a meeting scheduled and uh, the vendor was out of um, San Francisco and our client's in San Diego and uh, the vendor just showed up. So, surprise. Um, so fine, that's actually not a bad indicator. It's actually kind of a good indicator that the, uh, the salespeople are really interested in your deal. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, just make sure that, um, you know, it's somebody that, that you do want to do business with versus just having somebody show up who you don't really care about. So that was kind of a funny surprise. Uh, here's the next, uh, selection surprise. Surprise. The vendor just offered a deep discount. If you buy by the end of the month or a quarter or year, uh, that happened to a client of ours. Oh gosh. When was that? Yesterday. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, the client sent us an email saying, we want to expedite the selection process and get this done by the end of the month so that we can get quarter-end savings. And and then two other people called me from the vendor saying the same thing, so I knew that they called our client, um, which in this case it's okay because we are close to finishing and it kind of puts a little bit more um, urgency behind everybody to just make the decision. The good news is in the selection process, as I said, is that we like the vendor. We think they're a good fit. Um, But know that that surprise can come up. And if you're not ready to select, do not buy the software, even though it's the end of the month, the end of the quarter, or the end of the year. There will be the next end of month or the next end of quarter or next end of year, hopefully not that long, um, that you can make a selection decision by. So um, that's another funny surprise. Here's the next one. Surprise! The price the software told you the software was, well, it's actually a little higher when you got into the final contracts, um, the key thing there, uh, as we told this client, is um, they they had um, they increased the scope of the number of users during the discovery process with the vendors. So we thought the price was going to be X, and it was X plus Y, because there was just more software that the customer had to uh, had to purchase. So that's kind of a funny surprise, um, but explainable, which was good. And then the last uh, selection surprise here. Surprise, you just signed a contract that obligates your company to a very long-term relationship with this particular software vendor. So we have a lot of materials on our website about um, negotiating on contracts and all of the uh, issues, the uh, factors, the levers, you could call them, that you pull during a software uh, purchase. And one those is the length of the agreement. So especially with software as a service apps, uh, you can get an agreement that lasts 12 months, so you can get an agreement that lasts 10 years. Um, So you really want to make sure, um, in this case, uh, fortunately the client, we were able to talk through exactly what they were obligating themselves and their employer to um, so that they knew what was happening. So those are just some good surprises on the selection side. Let's talk a little bit about the implementation. When we were coming up with a description for this call and we said, you know, the, the worst surprise of all is when your boss says you're fired because of not handling these surprises, you know, a lot of them do happen during the implementation, frankly. So really listen to these and, and, and get these for sure if you're going through the implementation process. There's about 10 of them. So surprise, no one is showing up to the requirements analysis meetings. So what that means is, oh, you sign the contract, the vendor's ready, and everybody's excited, and... Um, You cut a big check and now let's get going. Okay, great. And the vendor shows up, but where is everybody? Um, You know, we've had situations like that where, where people don't really show up to talk about, especially subject matter experts don't come in to talk about the requirements that they have, that they need the software solution to meet. So um, make sure your people show up for those key meetings. Um, you don't want the surprise when you get the vendor's bill that they still charged you, even though there was no content in the meetings because guess what? they will. Surprise, your software doesn't really do what the salesperson said it did. Um, that's a, not a very good surprise to have. Um, but you know inevitably you can do everything you possibly can in a selection process. But then when you get into the implementation and you start piloting the software and you start to see, that the way that the purchase approval works in the app is different than how the salesperson said, you know, just know that's going to happen. It will happen inevitably, but the key thing is how you handle that surprise. So, so be able to go back to the contracts and see exactly what was covered. And if the vendor said it was covered in the contract and the guy or gal sitting in front of you says it's not, go back to the contract and um, hold them accountable to doing the work but then also not charging anything extra. But no, you could have some change orders that come out because those surprises do come up. Oh, I love this next one. Surprise, your project is over budget. Um, We have a client right now, actually, that we're working with where we're starting to see that surprise happen. And multiple reasons for it. I think we have like a bunch of calls and papers on where that comes from. But, um, but no, it's a surprise that can happen. And the way to mitigate that is to watch the prices, watch the cost, pardon me, on a weekly basis. So uh, I can't stress this enough. Get the actual um, pricing, or pardon me, the cost, the actual hours, that your um, vendor, that your consultant is charging you on a weekly basis. Get those reports every week or at least every other week so that you see what the actual time is going into the project. Oh, but Sean, we do, we have a fixed fee contract, so that doesn't matter. That is not true. You still want to see their actual time um, so that you're not surprised when they haven't delivered anything and yet they still want to get paid for it. Here's the next one. Surprise! Uh, Your key implementation person just got reassigned to another project. Um, That's probably the third thing on the list that makes my blood boil the most when I hear that from one of the partners that we've selected. Um, This is why we always get the um, executive sponsor on the implementation team. We always have their cell phone, usually a home address, and we know where their children are (laughs) in case something comes up. Where uh, sometimes they want their children to go away, but um, but but seriously, um, you really need to have a relationship with that executive sponsor to say, "What are you doing? You can't do that to us." And if you do it, there's going to be ramifications. So um, that can be a surprise. That's not a good one. Here's the next one. Surprise! You are buying another company during your ERP implementation. So. Surprises go on both sides of the house, right? And uh, we had a client recently that did that, and uh, the key people that were to focus on their implementation basically just whoop went over to focus on some other activities. So that means there's going to be impacts to your project. So just know that's the case. Here's the next one. Surprise! Even though the CEO said no customizations, the app is completely customized. We we could do like a white paper on every single one of these topics. <laughs> I love this one. Uh, I actually heard a story about a a CEO CEO who literally printed out T-shirts that said no customizations and gave them to the entire ERP team, and they still customized. Um, It's a great idea, and and it is absolutely a nice uh, guiding principle at a high level. But, boy, when that purchasing person who's been there for 20 years is saying, this is how it has to be, or I can't do my work, you have to customize the app, you know, ultimately, that needs to be brought back up to the CEO to say, "Hey, here's the business case that this person's putting forward, and uh, you got to tell us, you got to tell them if they're going to get it or not." So, there will be customizations, no matter what anybody says, but just know what they are, and so you're not surprised. Last two implementation surprises: surprise, your data isn't ready for go-live. Wait, what? We just spent all this time on the implementation and. Our data's not ready? What, what, how could that be? We had a whole team working on data. Well, yeah, they were, but some things changed, and there's more files, and it took us a long time to design the bill of materials, and, oh, all that rev rec on the existing open projects, that stuff. Yeah, well, we couldn't quite figure that out until last week. So the data really isn't ready for go live. <laughs> that is not a uh, fun surprise to have, but know that it is unfortunately very likely unless you put a lot of emphasis on data from even before you right after you sign the agreement that you're going to go to a new enterprise software solution I don't care if it's CRM or HCM or ERP start on your data please 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 so that at least there's less surprises on data go live there will be some oh I love this one surprise we're going live next week and no one is ready to use the new app Again, that's a, that's a, as my kids say, wait, what? Um, no, not really. That doesn't really happen, right? Well, it does. Um, and, and that, it's you can talk about, we have a lot of stuff on organizational change management and really identifying why people aren't willing to change. And, you know, we put them through training and they sat through several training courses and they even did some exams and we did some in our LMS system, our learning management system, we had some exercises for them to do and Um, We did some surveying, and we understood exactly what the challenges were. Um, I got it. But did anybody really just sit down one-on-one with that key person and say, hey you're not happy with this. What's, what's happening? What can we do to make this better for you? So sometimes you really do just have to go out, especially if you have a um, you know, really distributed implementation. We have a client right now that's got 16 countries that they're going live with. And um, we've so far been able to talk to people over the phone, but we stand ready at any second, literally to fly anywhere in the world to make sure that we can help them out. So um, we don't want that surprise. Okay. I've got about six more surprises for you, and this is kind of after implementation. So surprise, all the people that just implemented the software quit. (laughs) Um, We had this several years ago where after about three or four months um, after an implementation, we got a call from the CFO who said, oh, my software is terrible. I need to switch it. And um, not working and everything else. And so we went in and did a quick analysis and kind of realized that everybody, um, all the six key people that were involved in the actual day-to-day implementation had left for various reasons, really. And um, it can happen. Um, ERP can create some fatigue with people, and, and, and what we actually see even more times than not is that the challenge of doing the ERP project is really interesting to the team. And so then once you're live, what does the team do? Like, you know, we don't really talk about that very often. That You get, you know, I remember another client that had a, a lady that really just took control and did an amazing job with the implementation. The software went live, and you know she was able to kind of carve out a new role in the company that had never existed before. Um, and, and you kind of need to look for those um, opportunities for people to do that. Um, and, and also, you know, make sure you've documented the software um, so that if key people do leave, at least you have something left behind. Here's an excellent surprise your ERP vendor just got bought by another company. So we have seen this a lot. Um, sometimes it's good. it can be good, frankly, sometimes it's not so good. Um, it kind of depends on um, what the purchaser. Uh, is going to do with the app that's that's uh, that's acquired now? Do you know that? No. Do will they tell you that? No. Um, so you know, just keep a very close eye. Call your people that you know at the software vendor that you work with, and and really get a good relationship in with them, so that you can get the honest to goodness truth on what the plans are. So you have at least a little bit of a headway. Usually, a firm that acquires another software product will hold on to it for several years, at least. Um, and, um, And chances are they can keep it going through perpetuity, especially if it's a strong software solution that has a really big install base, meaning there's lots of customers that run it. But that can lead to the next surprise, which is, surprise, that ERP you've been running? Oh, well, we're sunsetting it. Um, and that's, that means that's code for uh, we're killing it. The app is going away, and we're going to force you to upgrade to another application that we have. So we have a client going through this right now, and um, you know, that basically opens up the, uh, the discussion around, shoot, should we just switch to a whole new application as well? So just because your app that you're on is being sunsetted and, oh, there's a nice migration path to another application at your software vendor... That's not necessarily true. It might actually be a painful implementation. So it can be a good time to look outside, see if there's something else, or um, you are in a good negotiation stance too with your vendor, and you can go back to the vendor, to the salesperson, and say, "Look, you're getting me, you're you're turning me off my application here. You need to give me a heck of a deal on the next software." Um, actually, a firm that I know very very well, meaning us is going through that right now with our CRM application that the app that we use got bought by Salesforce and Salesforce is killing it. And so you bet we're going to the market to see what else is out there right now. A couple more surprises for you and then we can all kind of take a deep breath from all the surprises. Uh, So surprise, your uh, systems administrator just quit. Um, So the key person who manages your app uh, just left. Uh, or gave you two weeks' notice. Um, This is why we really, really, really recommend that you have an implementation partner or support provider outside of just your key people that you can go back to and ask for help with, and they can plug some holes while you find another person or people to help support your application. So that's a good one there. And then surprise, your ERP app that has 99.99% availability just went down. Um, that one happened recently with a large cloud provider that we work with that's Financials, that's the largest financials app and rhymes with uh, MetSuite. Um, <laughs> um, it went down. And we ended up getting kind of the information as to why uh, it was just a stupid mistake that somebody made, frankly. Um, but there are service level agreements in place, and if vendors are down a certain amount, then they owe you money. Um, their uptime guarantee is important. That you understand what your consequences to them are and what you can get for fees. But um, the more important thing is is really do evaluate and understand when you're talking to vendors what's real about their guarantee uptimes for sure. So that was a very unusual circumstance that happened with that one vendor. But man, we had a lot of upset clients. And then the last surprise here for you that happens on an that can happen after you implement is surprise. Your software costs just went up 50% this year. Now, fortunately, we haven't seen a surprise to that level, but we have had folks that will call us and say, I signed this agreement. Why is my price being increased? And then we look at the agreement that we didn't negotiate, and we have to give them the bad news. Well, you signed a, a, a 12-month contract with this vendor, and at the end of 12 months, you know you basically have to renegotiate your contract. You're 15 days away from the contract, the existing contract terminating, so it's not like you have time to migrate to somebody else. Um, you know, let us get involved, and we can help with the negotiation. We always save our clients our fees. Um, it just happens as a natural part of what we do. But, but know that, um, you know, one, if your software contracts aren't locked in, the rates can go up when there's a renewal. Um, and two, that give us a call because we can help with that process for sure. So oh, that's a lot of surprises. Um, today's my, my dad's birthday, so I'd rather say surprise, happy birthday, dad. Um, but, um, you know, those are good kind of surprises on that side. But the ones we just went through, sometimes they're not very good. Uh, it, it, ERP is a complex process. It just is. And the good news is, is that, you know, we can certainly help you through that. But I'm so glad you listened to the call here so that you at least heard these surprises. And hopefully you got a few little tips and tricks to help you prevent hearing those surprises. Juliette, back to you.
0: Yeah, Sean, thank you for that. That was great. Um, You know, while we were on the call, uh, a couple questions came in, and if you have a second to address them, that'd be great. Uh, Let's see, question one. We had an internal team in charge of our data migration. When the data was migrated to the new ERP system, we thought we were all set. However, we encountered formatting issues and data not consistently mapped to the right places. How could we have avoided this? Oh, Can you speak to that?
1: Uh, unfortunately, yeah, that's that's one of the surprises that we talked about. Um, you know, the, the best thing to do with data is to be as specific as possible. So don't just talk to data migration. Talk to, well, there's, Open transactions that need to be migrated. There's master data that needs to be migrated. There's historical transactions that need to be migrated. Okay, well, for master data, what are we talking about here? We're talking about customers. We're talking about vendors. We're talking about employees. Like, look, data has been migrated successfully many, many times, and there is a model that does exist. And the surprises like this one, this is a great question and often happens, comes up because the leadership team is not specific enough on how they manage the data migration effort. Had they looked at down to the detailed level of uh, historical trial balances that we needed two years so that the accountants could run um, uh, year-over-year comparisons – and the mapping on the chart of accounts was wasn't done correctly for 2 years ago when we had a different chart of accounts let's say you know all of these issues they are knowable when they are when they exist but but leadership has to have the willingness unfortunately to dive in on top of all the rest of their tasks and really understand when we say data migration what it means. So actually that's a good model for anybody and for the the caller who or the person who emailed that in to remember that there is a model for data migration and get very, very very specific with your team. And if your team can't answer the specific questions, they might be missing something. They are. So find out exactly what it is and handle it.
0: Okay, good. Thanks, Sean. Let's see. Um, the next question is about how to control customizing software. It seems like almost every department in our company is requesting a customization or two. When we push back, employees get their department managers involved, and the implementation team gets overruled. How can things be different?
1: That's a that's a yeah, really timely question for us, too. I just got off a call before this call where we were just talking about that, um so so, I would say to to the person who emailed in this question um, this is where you really do need the executive support, the senior executive support, like I mentioned as a surprise um, the customizations um, you know you may need to have a change control group that is the manager's boss's boss who says yes or no, and so it can add a little bit of uh, of time to the process, but if a change has a nice business case, like an acceptable business case, then maybe it needs to get done. But if a change is being driven from a different motivation or from an employee that maybe doesn't have an understanding um, of, of how the new app works and they're overcompensating it, that's where the change control team comes in. So. Um, That's what I would say is, is work with your senior executives that are ultimately responsible for the project. Tell them you need their help. Put together a change control team that meets every other week and run these controls by them so that they're the bad guys. That's what I'd say.
0: Okay. Great. Sean, thank you for that. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us for today's call. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Uh, let us know if we if you have any questions. Um, as Sean said, reach out to us, email us, call us. We're happy to help you in any way we can. Our next call is March 12th, How to Leverage Software for Your Recurring Revenue Business. On this next edition of the ERP Advisor, we will discuss how you can leverage software to automate your recurring revenue products and services. Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com, for more details and to register. Thanks again. Bye-bye.